Welcome to Turf Dudes, show number 41. In this episode, we are joined by Dr. Florence Sessoms, researcher at the University of Minnesota. During her PhD and postdoctoral work, Dr. Sessoms worked to improve our understanding of the relationship between nutrition and mycorrhizal establishment within roots. Mycorrhizae are known to have mutually beneficial relationships with plant species around the world. Applying mycorrhizae for turfgrass management is often discussed, but colonization and mutualistic benefits in real-world environments are not well documented. Among other topics, Dr. Sessoms is working to improve our understanding of how mycorrhizae behave in turfgrass systems and how they might be utilized to enhance turfgrass quality and sustainability. Our interview with Dr. Sessoms aims to outline the status of mycorrhizae in turf management and possibilities for the future. Turf Dudes is a Herald's agronomy team collaboration of Dr. Raymond Snyder, Dr. Paul Giordano, and myself, Dr. Jeff Atkinson. Raymond, Paul, and I serve as directors of agronomy for Herald's. Enjoy the show. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Sesslums. And, um, you know, the reason Raymond and myself and Paul, who isn't with us today, but the reason why we wanted to have you on our podcast, because we're introducing a new product, Mycorrhizae Pro, that you've done a little bit of work with. But personally, and I think I speak for the other guys on our team as well, is we, before this project, before we started this project, we didn't have a great base of knowledge about Mycorrhizae. And so, as we're developing a product, oftentimes we try to work with those who are experts in their given fields or in that given field. And so uh, Raymond had contacted you a while back ago about doing some work with mycorrhizae and with different turf species. And we can talk about the specific product later. But before we get into that and all those kind of details, that's just the context of a conversation. But can you give us a little bit of background and just your role with the University of Minnesota, kind of how you got introduced to mycorrhizae and how that became a, a passion of yours? Uh, no problem. So, uh, first of all, um, I want to mention that I'm French, so that's why there would be a slight accent. <laughs> okay. There's authenticity. <laughs> so, the thing is like, um, uh, I, I have a very, you know, uh, world background in a way that I did all my education in Paris. And so my uh, bachelor and master were in Paris. This is where I grew up, actually. And then I moved to uh, do my PhD in Switzerland. And before that, I didn't have any knowledge about mycorrhiza. And basically, this is during my PhDs that I learned everything, you know, on mycorrhiza. And everything, almost everything. Uh, after uh, my PhD, I moved to upstate New York. I was working at the Boyce Thompson Institute and Itaca, so um, at uh, Cornell University, and uh, still worked on mycorrhiza again. Um, so really, uh, I, I met my husband in Switzerland, and my husband is from Minnesota, and when we had our first child, we decided to move back to Minnesota. That's why I arrived in Minnesota. And I did a couple postdoc, uh, actually in, uh, in plant pass first, and then on soil science, where I worked on nitrification. That was a, a fantastic experience because it was a different aspect, of, you know, of soil micro uh, microorganisms and how they can impact um, uh, plant nutrition. And but I rediscovered the field of turf grass in 2016 when Eric Walking had a staff position, uh, like a research um, a researcher in his group. So I would say that compared uh, to you, I'm very new, fairly new. I mean, 2016, it's now like six years, but I'm still learning a lot about that. And um, 
So what I would like to achieve as a researcher is really to try to combine these two worlds, the world of mycorrhiza and turf grass, because uh, you may know that and you're aware that turf grass is always thought as very input and people really t- will try to have like develop more sustainable ways of um, of cultivating uh, an established lawn. So that's why I think that mycorrhiza could be a, a fantastic addition to reach that goal. Excellent. You know, I've always had a inherent or, you know, since my undergraduate days, I've learned a little bit about mycorrhiza and um, just just on a you know small level and always been interested in in this this mycorrhiza subject. Uh, could you describe perhaps to just, you know, in, in general, what are mycorrhiza and, you know, what are the potential benefits they may um, have in their association with plants? Yeah, no, no problem. So, okay, so mycorrhiza, it's an association between plant roots and uh, fungal, um, a type of fungus that are present in the soil. It's called generally uh, glomeromycotan fungus. Um, so basically, I'm going to describe how like the, the formation of the mycorrhiza. You have spores that are present in the soil and the spore is going to germinate, reach the surface of the roots, and it's going to really penetrate inside the roots to the inner cortex and form like arbuscule structures inside the roots. Uh, this arbuscule is really in the form of a small tree. It's very, when you see, uh, um, if you Google arbuscule, and you see an image on, on Google, you will see it looks like really a small tree inside the cells uh, of the plant, the roots. And it's really here where you have a, an exchange of nutrients uh, between the fungus to the plant. And in result, the plant is going to give a lipid and some sugar to the fungus. And I want to mention it's very important that these fungi are uh, obligate biotroph meaning that they cannot develop and survive without a plant, whereas a plant can, you know. So basically, uh, there is there is a cost, the sugar cost, but the plant is going to benefit from this interaction because it's going to provide like water and nutrient, especially phosphate. So you have to imagine that around because the root system are, uh, even if they can develop, they're really like anchored to a certain area, you are going to have uh, a depletion of phosphate around the roots and basically the fungi is going to be to reach further away and develop a, a very large eyefall network around the plant and providing and able to provide sorry all this nutrient to the plant. So um, in addition to uh, uh, to an improved like nutrient study you have uh, like there is research that have been done to show that they improve like disease resistance drought resistance, and other abiotic stresses um, such as salinity too. So overall, uh, it's, a, it's a great interaction for the plant. So, so the, the mycorrhizae can both allow for greater access to water and nutrients in the soil beyond the reach of the root system. And, and then I think you just touched on something that maybe I wasn't really aware of was that potentially the mycorrhizae also can help uh, protect the plant from other stresses. I guess it 
the mycorrhizae wants to keep their home happy, I guess, and they will protect the plant potentially you know, as best they can from other stresses. Is that accurate to say? So I would say um, at least other like um, like in terms of disease, like a pathogen, there is like, okay, a, a lot of research that start to be done and have been done. And it's really either there's a, pri a priming of the plants so that help them to overcome certain disease more like it's more um, more for root disease that foliar disease for the foliar disease i think it's a hit and miss depending of which pathogen you have but say there is either this priming of the roots or there is also um, i will call a niche competition because a fungus is here and basically because of its presence no like some pathogen cannot go inside the roots anymore yeah so so it's very it's very interesting. Uh, um, I've not worked on that. I've read a lot of literature, and basically, uh, I'm going to digress a little bit. But this is this type of work, not only the improved nutrient study, but also the disease aspect that I think will be very exciting for turf grass. You know, because you have a lot of disease, and because you have a lot of uh, um, uh, chemical that are applied on turf grass. Sounds like a opportunity for a future project. Sounds like a couple PhD projects. Oh yeah, totally, totally. So, so can I, I'm, I'm like, I, I just would like also to mention for like uh, the viewers or the listener that this interaction and why I really love it, it's like being found in fossils. And I think that's why I really fell in love with that. This is, again, you can look, uh, 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 Google it, it's very easy. There was like presence of arbuscule in fossils of like, um, like I think it's Aglaophyto major. It's a Devonian species, so 40, 40 and 400 million years ago. And so basically, the concept, the hypothesis is that it helped plant to colonize the land. And it was present before the diver like diversification of plant lineage. And that's why you see it in almost every land plant and basically why well, i have to say that this is because it's just amazing when you think amazing. about it it's like when you see that this type of structure when you see a fossil structure of an arbuscule it's just amazing because it looks like it's identical it is now and it's a uh, it's very beautiful and um and it's a, a great potential again oh that's wonderful that that i mean reinforces the value of that relationship that something like that could begin hundreds of million years ago and continues to exist to this day. Mm -hmm. To me, that means it's, it's a really good, important association with one another. As far as being in, I guess, one sense thinking of it and that there's a lot of natural associations, all the plants around us in the soil, but and it being a relatively new concept in turf grass management. What, what about in agriculture? Are there examples of mycorrhizae being applied and, and utilized in agriculture to either provide the stress tolerance, to provide enhanced yields, whatever the reason may be? But how is it being used today? Okay, so that was, I think, um, how can I say? It's not a difficult question for me to answer. Um, it, it is a, a bit a, a difficult question for me to answer because so mycorrhiza this is a thing the spores are present 
in the soil. It's like present kind of everywhere in many different climates. So it's really, um, it's like, again, because uh, it's so old, the association is so old. But so during my PhD, this is what I've like done. I really looked at how like the presence of like phosphate and nitrogen were affecting the overall establishment of like the mycorrhiza. And this is very important because presence of a spore do not, will not indicate a, success, a successful establishment and a successful symbiosis. If you have too much phosphate and if you have too much nitrogen, you will end up with no colonization. And why? This is because a plant doesn't need it. The plant would be like, I don't need, there is a cost for the, uh, uh, for the symbiosis and it's a sugar cost. And if it doesn't have to uh, like pay for like phosphate and nitrogen while doing this establishment. So I would say that in uh, uh, modern agriculture or high intense agriculture, there is not a lot of uh, colonization or successful establishment that's happening. But I've seen a lot, and again, this is because I, I really wanted to try to answer that question, that there is more and more thought of using mycorrhiza in sustainable agriculture, and it will mean like reduced inputs, especially phosphate or nitrogen, or using uh, organic input. So this is really how much I can, uh, how much I can answer that question. Oh, but it seems as though, especially when you get to some of our, I guess, less nutrient-rich soils, especially in the golf course setting where you have sand-based greens, um, that that might play a role in, in enhancing nutrient availability or the ability for turf to access nutrients, access resources. Oh, totally. I totally agree with you that for, um, like, the great benefit that it could be uh, for like for turf grass really would be to use mycorrhiza to reduce uh, uh, fertilizer input in addition, especially in golf courses that are very high throughput management. After, um, I'm going to be two things, you know, that I'm going to say. Um, I will say the inoculum, you know, like uh, providing an inoculum that uh, is beneficial for the um, beneficial for the plant, because even if the uh, association is established, you need to, to observe if there is like actually a benefit, a higher nutrient stature and higher uh, root biomass, or uh, higher, sorry, shoot biomass too. Um, uh, but, and so, you know, depending on the species that you have, the fungal species that you have, sometimes this interaction is either neutral, beneficial, and can be even decreased. But it's also depend of the nutrient study of the soil. So there is like so much still to do and discover. So for, uh, uh, but I'm digressing, but for a golf course, um, it would be really finding the best inoculation and also maybe adapting the um, fertilizing, uh, fertilizing approach for that. And also, and, and this is a big question that uh, I have discussed with some of my coworkers. A lot of research uh, that we are doing is about uh, how, like, about, on green is like, how this like, treatment can affect the playability of the green. You know, that's the thing. And I'm, again, um, not very familiar with that because I'm not doing like experiment on that. 
would be like, hey, if we increase the root biomass, you know, because we use mycorrhiza and it increases the root biomass, will it impact the uh, firmness of your green? How can it impact the playability? And after there is like all these social questions, like will golfer, experienced golfer, be happy with that or not? You know, and uh, so I, for me, uh, as a, um, I'm a golf beginner because I really started to golf uh, like while starting to work in turf. It doesn't impact my play very much, but I've heard from super uh, uh, golf course superintendent that people are very particular about their green, you know, not only the species, but really the firmness and the ribbon and everything. I'd say in our, in many of our turf grass systems, especially uh, putting greens, as you've noted, our, our, the turf, our turf grass managers, the many of them in our industry apply as little nitrogen as possible to the putting green in order to to minimize a plant that's too large or um, is growing excessively because they they want to achieve as you noted the high quality playing surface so they they minimize as much as they can both for purposes of economics but also playability so in that in that type of a management system could there be value in that association between the mycorrhizae and the putting grass um, species in order to, to maximize the utilization of whatever nutrients are applied nutrients and water uh, you know like if i think about it and if you really reduce your management practice and if you do like a soil, soil test to show that you have reduced like phosphate and reduced nitrogen, mycorrhizae can help promote because there will be a need for the plant to form this association to reach. Uh, after, um, you know, turf as like, uh, I mean, depending for Bengas or uh, Bermuda grass in the warm and cool season, you have different growing season. So the impact of uh, the mycorrhiza will depend of like your, uh, your type of growth, but also the climate where you are. So um, I will say there will be a potential benefits when you are in the growing season of your turf, when they need when the roots and the needs of the plant are at, at its maximum, I would say. So I guess there is some sort of a seasonal fluctuation in the mycorrhizae growth and proliferation in the soils. So that, does that tend to follow growing season? So midsummer, your mycorrhizae will be most active? Uh, I would say that um, the Based on my experience, I was a bit, you know, and the research experience, uh, like it's really more like literature. The uh, mycorrhiza will work better in cool temperatures. So I'm not sure during the summer, for example, when the grass is like more or less dormant, I'm talking about Minnesota, that you will have a good benefit, like a good, like, um, uh, um, benefit of the uh, association. After when we are talking in for spring green up, or like grow like a, a growing season in spring or in the fall. This is when the plant is active, and this is when the mycorrhiza will be most needed. But I'm talking about Minnesota, and I know that for you, are rolling for that. That might be different, you know. Right. Right. 
Well, what about as far as the associations go? You have a you have a mycorrhizae spore and you have a plant. How do those two things find each other? How do those two things start the initial association? Okay, so um, plant cannot talk like you and I, you know. So they communicate uh, through uh, signaling uh, uh, molecules. And so what's going to happen, this is that the plant is going to secrete some like exudates uh, and the fungus, the spore when it's germinates, it's going to uh, find like a um, sense this molecule and basically start to branch in the direction of the root system. It's very beautiful. You see this really increase uh, uh, branching. So you have a lot of communication between the plant and the fungus. And so when the plant is receiving uh, um, the chemicals, the signaling molecules from the uh, fungi, there will be a huge adaptation, like a huge modification in the metabolic, in the hormonal, and in the, in, in the response. And basically, it's either going to grow toward the fungus, as the fungus is going to grow toward the plant. It's also like a preparation for the cells to um, and for the fungus to penetrate and establish inside the roots. And it's um, a big field of research right now, and it's a, a kind of very ama amazing. And uh, after the establishment, you are going to also have like a different metabolic profile of the plant to create really what they call a microsphere that is going to be beneficial for the plant and the fungi. And again, lots of research like is currently done, you know, it's, and it's not only about this microsphere, this is a bacteria that are associated with the fungi to facilitate like nutrients exchange or in intake from the soil to the plant. Lots, it's, uh, it's kind of amazing. You know, when, when we conducted our study with uh, Dr. Zhang, we mm -hmm. conducted it, and I, I think I shared that report with you, and we conducted that work uh, over the summer months, and that's generally when he does his, his projects. And then we, we saw value in applying the mycorrhizae product, one pint per acre per month, and we had the increase in chlorophyll content and photosynthetic efficiency and some of those things. And so we observed some value there. We also had root mass increase. But um, that's when I approached you after that because um, I really wanted to learn a little bit more about whether or not uh, the mycorrhizae was interacting with the roots and, and you know, could we show some potential, you know, communication and, and colonization of, of the roots. And, and that's when we, you know, we, we found you and we approached you and we, pro, we, we provided you with the warm season and the cool season grass. And you did that great work. I don't know if you could talk a little bit about the, the little, the project that, that short project that we did together. But to me, that was, um, helped, for, helped provide us more confidence that there was some value there. Uh, totally. So um, I had like to go back to my notes, you know, that I had sent to you and to Kimitech. So um, the goal was to test during my experiment uh, uh, Bermuda grass and Ben grass with your, it was called a black ray at the mm -hmm. time. So I don't know if this is the same name. Same you call it differently now. Yeah, it's Microrhizy Pro. Microrhizy Pro. And so I applied Microrhizy Pro 
at the same rate that the, uh, that actually it's recommended on the bowl that you gave me. And I follow the same fertilization regime uh, from Dr. Zeng because I wanted, even if my experiment was in gross chamber experiment, those that have maybe different light intensity and temperature that Dr. Zeng, at least the management practice and the uh, um, um, uh, sorry, the application of the fungi, um, the fungus solution was quite similar. And so the goal of the experiment was to see can do we have like already some uh, colonization and presence of like fungal structure in a very short amount of time. Because during my PhD and during my postdoc, generally when you want to we started to quantify, really do a quantify colonization was really when we knew that we had a strong establishment. And it was during my PhD three months. So it was very, very long and you did not want anything to append to your plan during that time. And during my postdoc, it was one month. And I can tell you that sometimes we had a hard time to find colonization because, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a whole um, standing process. And so when after one month you don't have anything, that's, that hurt a little bit, you know. So because like the way that the product was described to me was, Basically, what Kimitech was doing was growing a spore of uh, Glomus centraradices, or what is called uh, Rhizophagus irregularis, and I'm sorry if I don't pronounce correctly, in plate, in story condition, with transformed roots of carrots. And so basically, you will have like all these hairy roots, you will have spore, and you have the massive like eyeful network, and like a presence of like a strong colonization inside the roots. And it was really to use the uh, the gross medium that contains the IV, contains the spore, but all the chemicals, and apply that and see if you had faster colonization. Because basically the plant doesn't have to uh, uh, respond to the fungi or like send the fungi. You have like all these chemicals that are used for the commission that are arriving in high concentration, you know, and to see if you had like faster colonization. So that's why we did um, uh, an experiment that didn't last very long. It was only 15 days after like application of the inoculant and we stained the roots and we observed some fungal structure inside the, uh, the roots. I will say it was uh, based on my note, uh, really, and I'm going to click quickly on that. It was like between like, 10, like five and 10%. That was not like a strong colonization at, like after a month, but that was already very, very good. And um, yeah, so I I was not too taken aback. You know, you always want something better, but the fact I think personally, personally, I think it's great potential. And why this is because as I say, you have all these spores that are present in the soil. And basically if you arrive with a chemistry to actually enhance and push like the uh, development either of the root system or the fungi, you can accelerate any um, uh, establishment and symbiosis inside the roots. So I think this is a very exciting product. Yep, <laughs> I'm totally partial. Yeah, thank you. I really, and, and that was something that that chemistry, that communication chemistry was something I really hadn't heard, you know, in, um, my previous experience with mycorrhizae, you brought that to our attention, mm -hmm. especially during the course of this, that little project. 
And and uh, I thought that was very, uh, very informative that you needed. It was very desirable to have this communication chemistry that, as you noted, they don't talk to each other. This is their form of communication so that they know, hey, I'm here. You're there. Let's begin this mutualistic association. So I, that was very enlightening. I appreciate you sharing that with us. So also, you know, like in a very highly managed green, maybe your initial um, uh, population of fungi is very low because you never had uh, like let the opportunity to develop like um, a strong uh, mycorrhizal community. But I know that the product have also a lot of hyphae and spore that um, are present in the uh, in the media that can be used. Um, um, so I know that at least you can also create an establishment from that inoculum also. It's not only the, chemi the chemistry that's present, it's also the inoculum that um, uh, was very interesting. Thank you. Well, I guess just to kind of wrap up, just you said getting in and started and looking at mycorrhizae and turf. Just I'm just curious what you're excited about, what the future of mycorrhizae and turf potentially looks like in, in your vision. So, okay, you know, like uh, I do believe this is, again, if I, if, if I was thinking, if I was thinking about what type of research I want to, to do, I would say this is really like fine tuning inoculum in function of the um, uh, type of needs. You know, blackberry, uh, oh, mycorrhiza, plural, <laughs> it's like one fungal species. Uh, one fungal species, Glomus antraradices. And I think you could either uh, uh, try to test with either mycorrhizal uh, fungi to really um, increase like the diversity of your fungal community when you apply to it. But also, and proposing like, um, um, like when I say also fine tuning, this is which type of environment does better, which like uh, type of fungal species. And, you know, because, um, uh, uh, because, you know, I think that the home loan needs are very different than the park need than very intensive turf grass management like golf courses. And this is really what I would like to do. This is like, uh, I had applied for an, S an NSF grant and it was really to test different fungal species with Kentucky grass and perennial grass and see which one worked better with each species. And to create like really more like adapted, um, um, uh, more adapted like uh, uh, inoculum and you know I don't know if I should share that but um, we had a co-worker she was doing consulting uh, for Sunday company have you heard about Sunday company it's um, a company that provide like fertilizer and I found it very interesting because they were providing to homeowners very um, uh, uh, like looking at their lawn which type of pieces and proposing a type of like fertilizer package that would be adapted to their needs. And this is really something that I think could be done also with mycorrhiza, uh, uh, with mycorrhiza especially for like management practice. And that's like just for the fertilization input, but you can also uh, do a lot of research and using this thing for establishment, uh, especially at seedings, uh, for like drought stress during the summer months and also like for different type of foliar disease or even uh, root disease, you know. So um, there is like, in my opinion, again, 
a lot of very cool uh, research and stuff that can be done, you know. So, yeah, I'm very, uh, I wish I could do more. Uh, right now in turf, I'm doing so much in drought stress. I'm doing de-hardening. I'm doing uh, nitrification inhibition. So <laughs> I need to find the time to start to develop all these ideas in project. But you're right, it's like a 10 PhD student, no? Yeah. Yep, not enough time today, not enough PhD students. Well, we appreciate your time. That's all good information. I think that we have a lot to learn still about mycorrhizae, but there's certainly some benefits that can be gained. And uh, it's pretty clear just from our short conversation with you today. So thanks again for your time. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. That wraps up our interview with Dr. Florence Sessoms. A sincere thank you to Dr. Sessoms for her time. This show would not be possible without the willingness and cooperation of folks across our industry willing to share their stories with us. Turf Dudes exist to communicate important research findings and turf management trends to turfgrass managers as part of Harold's effort to grow a better world. If you enjoy the show, we want your feedback. If you have a topic you'd like for us to address or a person you'd like to hear from, please send it to us at turfdudes at heralds.com. That's T-U-R-P-H-D-U-D-E-S at heralds.com. While you're at it, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes, YouTube Music, or SoundCloud. We'll see you next time.